Welcome back. Welcome back to the Whistle Mission Podcast. Whistle Mission Outdoors Podcast. We're we're Whistle Mission Outdoors, okay? I like Whistle Mission. Okay, whatever. But yeah, yeah Whistle Mission well, Outdoors Podcast. If you were to look us up, we're Whistle Mission Outdoors. You know, right. that works. But so, what do you got for me this week? What, what did, you want to talk about our hunt yesterday? Yeah, it I know it's pretty cool. I it, it like I guess in terms of standards of getting a deer, it wasn't eventful, but um, it was an eventful day. Like, and it all happened like within ten minutes with like all the stuff that I saw. So yeah, you had a. I saw nothing. I saw a bunch <clears throat> of squirrels and birds. Okay, but what did you see? So first of all, when we got out there, we knew what your tree was going to be from the get go. Um, yeah, we we found that a week ago or whatever it was. And me, I was like, yeah, I'm sure I can find a tree off on this other part here, you know, just further down the way. So we started walking, middle of the night, and the moon, first of all, the moon was so lit up that it, it like it, it was like a spotlight. It was like hunting at the bottom of a stadium that was lightly lit. It was pretty it was Yeah, it was super almost, cool. It seemed like in fact it was so bright I had a hard time deciding or deciding, like determining whether it was moonlight or the sun coming up in the morning. I, yeah. I was having a hard time transitioning into that. So for me, finding a tree, the only I would have not used the headlight if I know where the tree was, but for me to find a decent tree took me a while, and I bounced around the area, which I, I hope didn't ruin our hunt. I hope that wasn't the reason that, you know. No, I mean, you got to get in there. You know, you got to get in there at some point in the day. So so finally, I found this janky tree, bunch of knots, yeah, started <laughs> turning left and right and upside down and stuff. And, that tree uh, was terrible. <laughs> that tree was horrible. Took me forever to climb. I'm pretty sure the outside of that tree was made out of like uh how they make Vaseline. Was, now, I, now that comes from my Oh, I was looking at the knots, and I said, that's about as close to barbed wire as you can get. Took me forever to climb this damn tree, and it's like the tree was in a bush. So I'm sitting here getting poked from every angle. You know, that wasn't a big deal, but I had a very small shooting lane, but I just kind of had to get into a tree before. We're talking about what you saw, because you, oh. you let a little doe go. Yeah, so there was this little doe that came scurrying across the pass. And keep in mind, I didn't have that much of a shooting like angle, right? And... uh it, it was just interesting to me. Like she jumped out, she jumped in and she didn't, you'd be thinking, yeah, okay. If I was a deer, I'd be walking down this trail right now. She didn't take any path. She, she went through the thickest stuff. It was actually pretty interesting to see. But if I were to take a shot on that deer, which I wouldn't have, wouldn't have been ethical in the slightest. It was about 40 yards and she was in my view for probably two seconds. And then right after that, there was this bunny tearing ass right underneath the tree. And I'm thinking, wow, that thing's going, you know. And then a fox comes out. And I'm amazed at foxes. Like, this is probably the fifth one I've seen ever. They just, they make such a light little, you know, yeah. jumping across. They're, they're neat animals. They're super neat animals. Their tails don't move at all when they run. It's it's crazy. But th- that thing, like, came running after it. I mean, the the rabbit totally won in that scenario. But then afterwards. You said that rabbit burned a, the fox, didn't you? Oh, burned him. Man, they were burned his ass but uh and then a coyote came out and just kind of poked its head around like hey what was there had to be something going on here just a minute ago this all happened within like i'd say about 10 minutes that's cool though that's cool so yeah you had a lot more entertainment than i did all i did was i got up there super early and at 10 o'clock i decided my feet are cold and i'm not seeing anything and you had to go to iowa for a big hunt didn't you have to go out there for a big hunt no. Oh, I forgot you're going out there for uh, a housewarming know. party. Which oh, that sounds I actually, terrible. I love those. The, the people that I met were actually pretty great people. Oh, that's good. So we had a good time out there. But uh, no, the interesting thing that like what happened with the elk hunting, you kind of start losing your mind a little bit because elk hunting. No, nah, I'm sorry, not elk hunting. Uh, deer hunting. Um, you kind of start losing your mind a little bit trying to listen to stuff. So I could have sworn I heard a lady's voice in the background. So either I have the best ears on the planet. 
and I was hearing something, you know, a couple houses off, or I was imagining it because you, I don't know, I'm not nuts. I don't at least I don't think I'm nuts. I don't know. This is the second week in a row. You're like, did you hear that? Somebody's talking to us, and I'm like, uh, I heard a bird, but uh, and then I saw this, I saw the butt of that doe, and I started thinking to myself like, that's a weird looking dog. Like, is somebody coming after their dog? You know, but. <laughs> whatever because that place is open to hikers and we got a hunt blown on us on us last year dude walked up by and it's like it's, oh my bad it's not open to hikers they're just doing it anyway it's yeah. not open to hikers you're not supposed to oh, be hiking back no you're not supposed to be hiking in those zones i know because like when we we saw those two when we were leaving we saw those two walk in there with a dog and it's like whoa you guys are gonna that, like that's not what you're supposed to be doing yeah, so maybe that area is a little blown out. Maybe we've got to wait till like the real rut to get in there. Yeah, it's hunting season, folks. If you're th- if you're going for a walk in the woods, make sure it's not a hunting zone because we keep running into this. Don't want to blow our spot, but you know, around here there's not a million to choose from or anything. But that's about it. We we went hunting and then it was kind of uneventful after that. We did a st- we did the drop off pretty strategic strategically. I felt like that was. We executed that first part pretty well. Yeah, so Pat had me uh, drop him off. It, it's a it's a long walk from where it all starts, and it's right off the road pretty much. Like the the trail we're taking is what would you say within a hundred yards of the road? I'm gonna say way less than a hundred yards within the road, right? The trail? Yeah. Oh yeah. So Pat's like, drop me off down there. I'm gonna haul out all our gear up to the main trail. You park, and then you haul ass into the woods to meet me. I'm like, all right, let's try this. Middle of the night, and, and it I'm, worked. I was just thinking of ways for us to not get super sweaty before we go sit in a tree in dead silence and cold. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And it worked. So I, I parked it and I, you were, you were surprised how fast I got there. I moved so quick. Yeah. It was like, I, I don't know. I thought you took a go-kart there or something. I'm like, well, I already see him. You move a lot better when you don't have to pack everything up. All I carried was my bow because that, I mean, is an instrument of a bow is it's like, you might as well not give it to a guy to fumble around with tree stands and all yeah. that. So I carried my bow, but other than that, I turned the headlight on. I knew exactly where I was going and it's easy to move quick. So yeah. I, I went and hauled the stands up. Which was actually kind of funny because in that hundred yards, there's like four trails, and I got lost. I didn't get lost, but it took me a second to realize where I actually was. Oh, it's easy to do at night too. And uh, then I turned off the headlight, and I'm like, "Man, you could see in here real well." It was just, it, it was a cool hunt despite us not really seeing anything shootable. So oh, I'd like to get a deer already. I'd like to at least like, like you at least had the ability to, or like the opportunity to let one go. I haven't even reached that opportunity. Nothing's I, walked in front of me. I really didn't have the opportunity to let that one go. I didn't even reach for my bow. And after I first like realized it was a doe, I was just like, that thing's just way too small. Now you got cold out there. Do you want to talk about that at all or no? My feet. I just can't figure out the feet thing. I don't know if it's the boots that I'm wearing, like, cause they hold in a lot of moisture, you know, like I know my feet, I, I was dressed. In fact, I didn't even put everything on. I was good. I finally got the right a mixture of things to sit in a tree and I, I felt good except for, yeah, you're right. My feet. I just couldn't keep my feet going. It was kind of funny. I didn't even put on my camouflage hoodie like till like an hour into the hunt yeah i didn't really get dressed up i sat there without my hat on and i sat there without the one fleece this half zip thing i have i sat there for probably a good hour in that tree stand just like naturally cooling off because i, I didn't want to just like be sweaty and then know i have to dress up so i dress up when, as i'm sweaty so it's like no i'm gonna let the air dry me out a little bit you know and uh yeah i didn't end up i didn't end up needing as much clothes as i thought i'm still gonna bring that much all the time my torso was per- my torso and my hands are really good i also brought hand warmers this time so that could have contributed to that um oh there's nothing like i got that one and i just love it it's like it i actually feel functional when the time comes i was too naive going up the tree stand to think that i needed foot warmers but about two hours into it my feet really started to get cold and i was pulling an all- another all-nighter so the last hour of the hunt i was passed out <laughs> Just sitting there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you were up for a good 24 hours at that point. Yeah. So well, why don't we move into the news? Yeah, I'm down. Do you want to start or do you want me to start? 
Uh, I'll start. Um, Illinois, this one's real easy and quick. Uh, this is from uh, riverbender.com, okay? The Illinois DNR offers free deer meat testing for CWD, okay? They interviewed a taxidermist named Robin Rock. He, she, I don't know, Robin, that could be either one, right? Uh, out of Eureka, Illinois. Uh, and Eure- I feel like that would be a girl, yeah. Uh, Eureka is down by Peoria, you know. There's some good deer hunting down there, you know. Said, uh... Deer can carry the disease for several years without showing any signs. So it that so I've heard one year. And this said so here, let me get into this. Most hunters don't even know about CWD, is what she's saying. He's saying, okay. CWD has been detected in 17 counties in Illinois. I'm not gonna list them. You can go look that up. That's 17 counties, but it's it's 17 counties. It's working its way down from the north. Because you know Wisconsin, that stretch of Wisconsin's got it real bad, okay? Rock samples 70 deer a year, and so far, none of them have come back positive. Wow, that's it. Yeah, that's good. None of them. If you want to use the free uh, testing, DNR has several locations. uh, It's hard to, like, say where to go, but if you go on their website, it actually gives you locations in your county where you can take and get your free testing done. So get your free testing. It's free. Why not? You know? And, yeah, so that's uh, take advantage of the Illinois DNR. Yeah, and like like we talked about in Michigan before, they're actually if you want to independently get yours tested, all it's going to cost you is twenty five bucks. I feel like twenty five bucks is pretty good for peace of mind, but they do have a program set up for them to go around from region to region, so you might get it for free if you're in Michigan. So, so what do you got for us? Uh, so I will do my first one out of um, Michigan. And last week we talked about a cougar that was spotted. Apparently there were ten sightings, but this. This one that went pretty viral, they DNR actually verified it. So I saw that picture too, and that was a that's a big cat. That's not my that's not my main article. My main article that I'm using this week is um, it's about elk. So the elk hunt that they do, and I didn't really realize that this was. That, by the way, this comes from the Detroit News, but I didn't realize that this many people applied for it. Forty nine thousand paid 49, five bucks. Wow. Just over forty nine thousand. For people. how many? How many were they? How many tags were they handed? Three hundred. So I thought this was a super special hunt that only like five to ten people got. Three hundred get them. And guess how many elk are in Michigan? How many? Uh, right now they estimate about twelve hundred. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, out of that three hundred, they're probably expecting about one hundred, one twenty five to actually succeed. Now know? we know that elk are the. They were like the native like big species for a long time in northern america and like and even like uh it's funny because i got a story of wisconsin my next story is about this so this is kind of going good go ahead okay uh so forty nine thousand, and they say it's really good for um you know the economy like the economy up there because i guess the average hunter and up there spends 1200 bucks to try and get an elk so it's <laughs> i think it's awesome i just thought it was crazy that you know forty nine thousand people applied for it and uh i know it's not much of a topic but when I got into the numbers, it got more interesting. So I didn't know that there were 1,200 up there. Um, they say they estimate that that region can only hold about 1,000. So for them to issue 300 tags, they're trying to keep that number right around 1,000 to keep them healthy. Yeah, keep them thriving. The ones that are there, they'll be thriving. They'll be good ones, you know, instead of having stunted or, you know, underbed ones. Yeah, I get that. Which will segue into my Indiana topic. And the only reason that this one's out of Indiana is because they – never mind. I'm not going to get into it yet. But – uh so yeah, thousand thousand elk. Uh, I guess it's also really good because people love to go watch them. Oh, there! I would love. Wouldn't it be cool to just go out and see them? Yeah, but know? I mean, like, would you have to go on like a guide thing, or could you just walk out in the woods and try? And I'm see sure it? you could just walk out, and I mean, how how would a guide know where they are? You know, if they're all on state land, 
You know, you're just paying a guy something you could do on your own anyway. But uh, let me find the name of the place where they're like most prominent right now. I I just I just read it. All right, so it's a Pigeon River State Park is uh, where their like biggest range is. So that this is where a lot of people go to see them and stuff like that. But uh, I just thought I'd throw this in there because I'm obviously super interested in elk. Yeah, you want to go on a big trip next year. And my idea is like, okay, flood the area with them. But we'll, we'll get into the, why that's probably not the greatest idea a little bit later. But go ahead with Wisconsin. What do you got? So it's funny you bring this up. Okay, so this is from NBC15. Uh, bull elk roaming in southern Wisconsin. Okay. And DNR asked hunters to be careful about what you're hunting this year. First elk has been seen in southern Wisconsin in a hundred years, over a hundred years. Wow. Yep. Normal, it's normal for young elk to be leaving their home ranges this time of year in the fall. Young elk, I guess. Uh, originally, elk were eliminated from Wisconsin in the 1880s. 1880s. Yeah, okay? 1870s in northern Michigan. I know, but I, I mean, that's so long ago, you know? But DNR started a multi-year effort in 2015 to reestablish elk in the Black River Falls area. Which is funny, I don't consider that southern Wisconsin, right? Here's southern Wisconsin, I think like Madison on down, but whatever, you know. There are currently over 100 elk in the central forest herd. DNR asks you to report any sightings that you have. So there you have it. Wisconsin is trying to reestablish elk in their state, which I, wouldn't it be awesome? Wouldn't it be awesome if that was like a full-blown elk state and we can go up there and hunt? Yeah, that, that would be, yeah, we wouldn't have to drive to Colorado. I mean, I still want to go on Western hunts, you know. But. Oh, the mountains, yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's more, you know, if you were just going for the animal, I mean, it's right up there, you know. I, I just think that, like, my, my mind tells me that, like, the more diverse it is, the more competition there is, you know, per, like, animals to each other kind of thing. You know, like, wolves, bears, whatever, you know. So, I'm all for it. So, what's your next story? Um, my next story is they did a survey um, in Indiana. To it, I saw this. Yeah, you, you saw it all right. But... uh they did a survey whether you support archery uh, deer hunting in White's Woods. Um, and about two-thirds of the people said they do support it. But I, I was thinking, yeah, yeah, hooray, you know, when I first started reading this article. Uh, d- by the way, did I say this is out of the Indiana Gazette? Yeah. Anyway. You did now. I don't think you did before, but you did now. Uh, well, that's why we have the gift of editing. But uh, I was like, yeah, hooray, two-thirds of people, you know, like in this world, you hear of a lot of like, you know, anti-hunting type people. But uh, so two-thirds said yes, that they do support archery hunting. The other third said no. But in the article, then they shifted to, why don't the other third do? Did they say? It's it's because we're so, I don't know, we're, everybody says, well, you know, like just like your stance on turkey, like I can go buy that at the store, right? But uh, I don't know. To me, it's it, it bugs people because they think that we're just going out to kill. You know, all they see is the killing. They don't see the conservation. Yeah, they think they think we hunt for the thrill of the kill. You know, that's what they think it is. It's just it's they literally think you go out there to shoot a deer and let it lay there. And it's like, no, I'm going to eat this thing for a long time. Me and whoever else is around me is going to get a piece of this. This is going to be a meal. This is one less cow or whatever the hell you're going to eat that is going to be taken down. And you know, the one neat thing, and I already knew this, and I'm sure you do too if you listen to this podcast, but. Those deer, they, they seek the freshest water. They seek the best food. So, therefore, they're probably, you know, the most organic. Of course, <laughs> we both know that not truly everything is organic. And that word, it's kind of misused. You oh, know? it's it's overused. It's definitely, it's more of a marketing term now. Actually look into organic. Organic. The way it was 10,000 years ago type thing. But this is just natural, right? And, you know, you can feed the, I mean, there's a program in Indiana that we talked about before. You can feed the poor with this. And, you know, 
So everybody just sees the killing. They don't see the forest for the trees. They just see the killing part of it. And, and it's funny because the same people, like people that eat meat, but uh, disagree with hunting. It's like, you were such a hypocrite. You were just such a hypocrite. You're just in denial. And like, if, if you were a full blown vegetarian or vegan, you got a little more leg to stand on. If you're, if you're fully blown uh, committed to those. Yeah. And I mean, of course I have my arguments with those people, but I'm not going to fight with people on their life's choices. But anyway, um, even past the, the human aspect of it, you know, this, b- before we got here, before humans got to North America, you know, there were bears, elk, there were all these things competing for the same landscape. Now you, you strip away the bear, you strip away the elk, you strip away the wolves for the most part. And, uh, it's just deer out there wandering around. So nature will find its way. This is in the article. Nature will find its way to, you know, get the herd down, whether it's disease like CWD or even the, um, the one that we talked about before, I think it was EHD with the but flies. Even, even cars, you know, yeah. even the forest preserves around Chicago, they have, they have people come in when it's time to clear out the deer because there's just too many car accidents. So things will happen whether you want to do it one way or the other way. Deer are going to die. And okay? they are a renewable resource. And it's in high numbers too. In high numbers. And I, I don't know, we're not trying to be an opinion channel here, but uh, this article is just one of those things that you read and you're like, yes, you know, like I do Tell totally you what, agree with this. Why don't we go into our segments and then we're going to dive back into this. Yeah. Okay. Cause I do have something I want to talk about that we're going to dive back. Into I encourage this. you to go read this article. It does seem very opinionated. The guy didn't even write it that well, but it, uh, it was neat. All right. So here is, Ooh, I almost said it. Bushlight Billy and Kelsey's corner. Welcome Bushlight Billy. Hey, thanks for having me. So, uh, you did not come through on the tri-tip well i you know i was going to but it was such a beautiful day outside that i I didn't want to waste this beautiful day smoking so for anybody that remembers sunday we were recording this on sunday before you heard it it was a nasty nasty day it's terrible so you had every intention on doing a tri-tip every intention pulled it out got it defrosted everything like that got the smoker ready to go and no i woke up this morning and it was just rainy misty windy miserable cold and yesterday when I was watching the weather, they're like, oh, you got the morning should be okay. The, all the rain's going to come. We're supposed to get like two to four inches of rain. Yeah. And it's like, it's all going to come in the afternoon. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'll make it out fishing in the morning. No, I, I get up. Yep. And it's like, ah, oh, it looks like it's about to rain. And it hasn't relented all day. It's just been a steady, misty rain all day. Yep. My sump pump's starting to show it too. But anyway, yeah. so instead you did a quick audible and you made, what was it? Buffalo chicken bombs. So these actually, um, they turned out really good. I saw it. I saw the recipe on TikTok, which I still think you should get a TikTok for the podcast. I got to get rid of something if I'm getting a TikTok. Yeah? Yeah. I'll manage your TikTok account. How's that? Maybe. We might. We actually might work that out. If you work that out, I, I would love to manage your TikTok account. I, I find a bunch of good recipes on there. I follow a bunch of guys with uh, different barbecue and different smoking recipes and everything. But I think, I think you would really take off on TikTok. But uh, no, I saw this one, Buffalo Chicken Bombs. Uh, Basically, all it is is you take chicken, boil it, and get it to the point where you're shredding it. Add half a cup of uh, buffalo sauce. I use the hot buffalo sauce from uh, just Frank's Red Hot. It's your standard go-to. Three-quarters of a block of cream cheese, half a cup of ranch, and mix it all together. Once you mix that all together, add some mozzarella cheese. And so you know when you get those Pillsbury Doughboy you know, they come in the tubes. You kind oh, of yeah. pop them open. Definitely. Little biscuits. Definitely. So you pop them open, cut them in half. Like just not like you would cut a half like butter a biscuit, but you would cut it in half, uh, I guess from the top, You would be it would be. And you kind of roll it out, 
and then you stuff those, uh, stuff the, uh, basically the biscuit pastry, I guess you can call it, the dough. Yeah, good enough for me. Yeah, good enough. <laughs> with, uh, with the buffalo chicken filling, make them, roll them around, make a little ball out of them, put them on a baking sheet, bake them at 375 for about 15 minutes, pull them back out, and then just kind of dust them with some melted butter and garlic. Back in the oven for another 10 minutes. Dude, amazing. Buffalo chicken bombs. I've never had them. I've never heard of them. They turned out phenomenal. And you got this from TikTok. Got them from TikTok, yeah. Saw this recipe on TikTok. Said, oh, you know what? That, that'd be something I can try. And no better day to do it than a day like today. I also made kel soup. One of those nice little uh, fall things, you know, make just vegetable soup. Yeah, good. you guys, the you and your two sisters have always been about the soup. I love it. It's a good, like, rainy day fall thing. It's really easy to do. You cut up a bunch of vegetables, throw them in a pot. I'm still I'm, and let it boil for a while. I'm still convinced chicken broth is just wrung out chickens. They take an entire chicken, live and all, and they just wring it out in a goo that comes out you're putting in your mouth. <laughs> That's actually, I, I bought one of those 22-quart or 20-quart soup pots, one of them one of them big giant ones. And I want to actually try making my homemade chicken stock. So like any chicken carcass, anything that I've had throughout the year, I've been um, putting it in the freezer. You just boil it on low all day. Strain out all the bones and everything, and you got homemade chicken stock. That's how it's made, really. Mm-hmm. I still yeah. haven't gotten you a deer yet. I do apologize for that. You no, know, no. One luck. of these days, you got it. We got a. Hopefully, I don't know. I wonder if it's going to happen this season. I still have not seen a deer. The closest I've seen a deer was two the first weekend, and it was like a hundred yards away. Yeah. Pat will have one go this this weekend. He, Did uh, he? Yeah, his little doe ran out in front of him, and he decided it was too small. He's like, I don't want to. Nah. Yeah. So he, he let that one go. Yeah, not so far. I got faith. I have faith in you. I really do. I think you guys will get something. You guys will get something. You'll be coming back with a bunch of meat. We really got to test out that grinder. One of these days, we should. You should come over. We should put it together and see how she works. I figured that would be a bush like Billy segment. You know, when we actually have grinding to do, whether it's mine, Pat's, whoever's deer. Yeah. You know, and you could do a little thing on how to grind and mix in the pork fat. I've been reading up on it. We also got to get some pork fat. We do got to get that, and I'm sure it's going to be expensive. Yeah, yeah, meat right now is stupid expensive. So that's all you got for us, huh? We're no, only that's like all five I got. minutes I was, into this. I was really excited to do the tri-tip, and of course, the only day off that I get a week is just, just miserable, rainy, windy fall day. I know, it and would never do this on a work day. No. It would never do this on a work day. It was beautiful all week. You had a couple of little bit of, you know, overcast days, but other than that, it was it was a nice week. Oh, this is wet, you know. Yeah, it's... But it's, you, it's, did, you did show up with bush light. We got to have bush light for the segment. Uh, I... Just gotta. I mean, you gotta. It's, it's standard protocol. The limited know? edition. I'm still happy. I'm able to get the limited edition cans. The higher ups would be pissed if we didn't do this. No, you yeah, know? yeah. You know how those guys are. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. that's all you got. Hey, that's all I got for you this week. We're Hopefully next in, uh, week we'll have the uh, we'll have the tri tip. Hopefully next week, weather permitting. We're gonna bring in uh, Kelsey's corner for yeah, me? sure. And coming up right now is Kelsey's corner. Take it away, Kel. Do 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 do. Welcome to Kelsey's corner. <laughs> Oh, you added a little song in there yeah. this week. Yeah, did you appreciate it? I do. Okay. I do. Good. You know, it's extra effort, you know. It I'm not paying any... you for it. No, so. you're not. <laughs> so anyway, what do you have for us this week? Um, I figured I would share about my stepping stones. And we have to give a shout out to Stephanie because Stephanie's the one who actually turned me on to stepping stones. Yeah, yeah. And thanks, me how Stephanie. To do it. <laughs> she has a million of them, but. Yeah, I'm, so do we. We don't have a million yet, but we're getting there. We have uh we have enough where there's little those little dye things you use. I forget I don't know what they're actually for. There's plastic uh trays. <laughs> they're literally you know? just like plant things. 
I don't, they're all over the place. I clean the garage. I find 15 of them. I clean the shed. There's like another 10 in there. Thanks, it, Stephanie. They're all over the place. So anyway, so talk about yes. how do you make a stepping stone? Because you've so, made them for all different seasons and yeah. all that stuff. So stepping stones are pretty much just concrete and whatever you want to decorate it with. Yeah, but uh, what kind of concrete? Because you got a little specific there because it does turn out nicer. Um, It is, oh gosh, what's it called? It's from Menard's. Um, oh, you know, it's called, I think it's like resurfacing. Yeah. Resurfacing concrete. It's not just like regular bag concrete. Cause that's really grainy and just looks really gross. This is a resurfacing one. It's really pretty. It dries nice and smooth. It it's has all no one color. It has no gravel in there. No. Is what it boils. There's no pea gravel. There's no, no three quarter gravel. It's literally saying that it's hard. Yeah. And you want this to be, you want to like find that concrete just because these are pretty, they're decorative. They're just something that add a little special flair to around your house. So I figured I'd talk about those. Um, so you pretty much just need a mold. Um, I just use those little plastic things that you can get from any garden store, Home Depot, Lowe's, anything like that, that just sit underneath your planters that can like catch all the water. The extra water from when you're watering. Yeah. So those so are just what I use. These things are only about an inch deep yeah. and you could buy them as round as you want. You got some that are six inches. You got yes. some that are a foot. So yes, um, Stephanie actually one time she used like, you know, the cake, like the plastic cake boxes, like the lid, just a plastic lid. Oh yeah. Yeah. The clear one. Yeah. So she used a big like rectangle one and I think she actually did like a tombstone out of it. I'm pretty sure it's like a Halloween decoration. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Too bad you're not creative. uh, Oh, I just got the death stare. (laughs) Yes, you did. Um, but yeah, you can pretty much use whatever mold you want. Um, and then you get your concrete. We buy it from, I know Menards has it. I don't, I've never. That's all. The one time you dragged me there to get you some. Yeah. And that's, that. that's as far as, I, that's the yeah. only place I've, I've I have never it. seen it at Lowe's. I've looked a couple times just cause I wanted to make some recently, but, um, you do have to go to Menards for it. Um, I don't even think it's by the concrete member. It was in that random section. It was, uh, in, in Menards, it was over by the building materials like yeah. where you'd go to get uh, a piece of paper for, to go out into the lumber yard. Yeah. I forget. I don't know what you'd call that now. I feel like an idiot. If you'd go there, you'd buy your friend's post there. You'd yeah. buy anything bulk that you'd have to go outside for. They write you up. Yeah, but it wasn't by like the bags of concrete. So you get that. And then what she taught me to do is you pretty much just go to the dollar store. Um, you get like literally any form of little decoration that you want. I have like my Halloween one. I bought like just this little Frankenstein thing. I think it was 25 cents. So I put him in the middle and then I got a bunch of plates that were like green and brown and black and yellow, just like fall colors. And then um, that's literally what you can do. You just get any form of decoration that you want that you think would look good in the center of a stepping stone or really whatever you want. Like you can decorate it with. Well, you've had some with, we got one with a sunflower. Remember you found a yeah, sunflower? Yeah, I have the, a sunflower. I think I have a butterfly. I think I have a moon. You just dropped your phone. I did just drop my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Slippery pockets in my uh my lovely she's all, fall attire. She's all dressed up today. She's got gray top, gray bottom Excuse sweats. Excuse me. Sweatsuits are coming back in style. I am just supporting the back, style. But anyway, back so on topic. you can pick out anything from the dollar store. It doesn't have to be expensive because obviously it's going in a stepping stone. But from what I remember is you were getting cheap plates and then putting them in yes, freezer bags. I was getting there. Oh, okay. You um, were just taking a long time. Yeah. So anyway, so you get all the plates you want. You get everything that you want just to make your stepping stone look pretty. And then you bring it all home. Um... First, you want to plan it out before you mix the concrete. So then for the plates, I we grab a towel. You put the plate, you lay the towel down, put the plate in, fold the towel over it, and then you just break it up with a hammer. So then you have little bits of plates that you, where you can do like a mosaic type of thing. 
catch <laughs> you're just staring I'm, at me i'm listening okay so then you do that with all the color plates you want you could do big plates pieces small whatever you want i per like i usually do like small ones because then you can add like a lot of color versus just like the concrete so i break it up really really small um and then i always lay it all out in like the plastic mold just so i can make sure that i have enough of the plates everything looks good together before I mix the concrete. Because once you mix the concrete, it's just like, you don't have that long before it dries to like continuously breaking up plates. So I lay out my design, get all my pieces that I want. I always do a little extra just to make sure. Um, And then I have you mix the concrete for me. Yeah, right. Because she does all this, but she can't mix the concrete. It's not that I can't. It's just that you're so good at it yeah, that why steal the thunder away from you? Yeah, I can I can throw a bag of mix into a bucket and yeah. then add water and stir. Well, you do have to get the right texture. Um, it doesn't have to be like you don't want it too runny. You don't want it too thick. You want it just perfect. So you, you're so, so great at that. So since I worked in concrete once upon a time, you just leave it up to me now. Yeah, pretty much. I think you have fun because then you're involved in the stepping stone process. Oh, yeah, because I love having those everywhere. Oh, you know? they're so fun. Anyway. So then you mix up the concrete, you pour it into the mold. Um, I do let it sit a little bit. I give it like five minutes so that like whatever pieces you put in it don't just fall to the bottom, especially like a couple of them are kind of heavy. Like that sunflower is really heavy. Yeah, you don't um, have to mix it. When you do mix it, you, you could mix it a little thicker. Like pretty yeah. much the consistency, if you were to put it on the wall and not have it fall off the wall, yeah, I would mix it to that consistency rather than very soupy because like you said, as soon as you put a little piece of glass in there, it sinks to the bottom. Yeah, I'm thinking like, like if you bake, it's like brownie batter as opposed to like cake batter. Like cake batter super runny. Brownie batter has a little bit more of like some oomph to it. So you can like put things on top of it. Um, so then you just put everything in. And then you do want to like tap it in a little bit because as the concrete settles in and dries and everything, you do want the pieces pushed in a little bit just to make sure they stick in the concrete and don't fall out. That also gets any air underneath them out. Yeah. So you want to tap it. Just tap it in a little bit and make sure it all looks good. Um, and then you just let it dry. And then you take it out of the mold. Dry it or cure? Cure, whatever. I will say, if you are traveling with your stepping stone, because like I went to Stephanie's one time and then on the way back, it wasn't all the way cured and like everything moved around. Stephanie, the Stephanie she talks about lives about uh, two hours away was, from us. Yeah. She, she lives way up north of us. So Cal goes up there for these little girl dates and they make this stuff, you know. <laughs> I learned all my projects. Um, so you do just want to make sure you let it cure completely before if you are going to travel with it because it'll just slosh around in your car. Um, I think I usually let them cure for about two days before I take them out of the mold. So, And then you can decorate your house. Oh, yeah. Like and we got one to- for, I mean, summer we have a bunch. I have a fall one. I don't have, well, I have a Halloween one. So I think next up I'm going to do a fall one, maybe next weekend or something. Oh, you're already sending me up for chores. Huh? Next no. weekend, next weekend you already got me for oh, that's a Halloween true. We got party. At Stephanie's. <laughs> at Stephanie's, yeah, no kidding. And she's dressing me up. You can see it on my Instagram page. And yeah. for some reason, Instagram is linking to my Facebook thing. So it's like all of a sudden I'm getting these likes for things on Facebook. Yeah. And I'm like, I, didn't, I haven't posted anything to Facebook, but Instagram's doing it for me. That's true. You guys can get a sneak peek of our Halloween costume next week except we're adding somebody else to the costume we're adding a little baby that's also <laughs> dressed up as a deer so hey, that's we coming we weren't supposed to tell anybody why not i guess he was gonna be like a little surprise costume for oh, him oh okay so i i got a deer head and cal's a hunter yeah and so far we have a picture of that on my instagram yes, we do. at whistle mission outdoors underscore in between each one yep. so if you want to see uh 
what that looks like where you can go take a look at that yeah and then next week we'll just add little baby deer in (laughs) quick thing about cal so when she was picking out her camouflage she's like i gotta go get camouflage i gotta go get camouflage i'm like i got camo i got here just wear one of my hoodies and she goes no (laughs) she goes i want to go pick out the cute camo Like, Cal, there is no such thing as cute camo. There's camo and then there's, like, not camo. I mean, my pants were cute camo. They were from Amazon. Like, those were cute camo. They're nothing cute. You're, no. hiding, from, you're hiding from animals so you can yeah. kill them. Yeah, so then we go in Bass Pro, and I'm looking in, like, the women's section, and there's, like, cute camo, but it was pajama stuff. So then he takes me to the hunting section, and there's just nothing but, Hell yeah. like, heavy-duty, like, manly camo. I'm like, this is not cute camo like this is just not but you bought some it worked yeah and it was a fleece so it was nice and warm so i'm sure next week i'll be nice and toasty so it works out so that's what you got so you mix concrete you throw it in a bowl you add stuff on top and let it cure and then you hang it you put it around the house where it's always in the way yes but you know this is a great idea like a great date idea for like if you have like a hunter guy listening like oh i'm gonna do something fun for my girlfriend this is a great date idea it's a super easy project super fun you get to go pick things out and smash some plates up with a hammer. Super fun. Excuse me, you other men hunters. This is not fun. Yes, it is. He has fun doing it. He just wants to seem all manly and oh, like really? super manly tough. Like me. Crafting with my wife isn't fun at all. So anyway, is that all you got for us? That's all I got. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. There you go. <laughs> Your horrible closings. It's just so awkward. I'm just an awkward human being. Yes, you are. Yes, That's you are. That's fine. All right, thanks. You married me. Bye. Thank you, Bushlight Billy and Kel. Um, you Keller, you and Keller, like two peas in a pod. You think so? You guys drive really well on the podcast. <laughs> it's, and I, and the other reason is that you guys sound very alike. Like maybe your language spilled over to her, where you got that real thick Chicago thing going on. Well, she awkward, you know? awkward. Yeah, she does. She does have a couple of things like that. Bill too, you know. I noticed that today when you said podcast, you're like uh, podcast, <laughs> <laughs> podcast. Anyway, you know what's one thing I forgot to say? I forgot to say is. It was your birthday a couple of days ago. No, no, that I, so, they, they quit that shit after thirty. So uh, Patrick here is now in his mid thirties. Mid thirties. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm in the mid to early thirties. Yeah, you're early thirties still. I'm. I, I'll be here. I'll, I, I'm crossing over to that mid thirties thing pretty soon. So no, you're still. You're still like in your early thirties. We're getting old, man. No, you're getting old. I'm getting younger by the and day. And I always think like you know, Jim's two years older than me. So how? How is two years going to look? Man, I'm going to be so old. And then all of a sudden, snap, crackle, pop. You're thinking about it, and you're like, what did I think two years ago? Oh, man, I'm, you know, not much has changed. A lot can change in two years, though. Who knows? We could be a nationally syndicated podcast by then. Hey, you never know. You never know. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout out. I hope the software's not going to run out on me here. Um, But this kid's name is Caleb, okay? You haven't met him, and but he is the owner of Octane Avenue. And super good kid. You'd like this kid. Yeah. Sharp, young. I think he's uh, 20. I think. Oh, he said he's turning 21 soon. Anyway, Whoa. turns out he's a big fan of the podcast. And he's kind of been mentoring me. You know how we were talking about coming up with t-shirts and yeah. things like that? So he's actually mentoring me kind of in uh, how to get this started. And he's got me pointing in the right direction. But I want to give a shout out to him. I didn't realize him and his brother, Keegan, were uh, big fans of the podcast. Yeah, thank you, guys. We appreciate that. I know. I, I, I was like touched by it yesterday. I was hanging out with those guys at a Halloween party. And we were all talking. And uh, But Octane Avenue, for anybody that is into uh, – I, I know it started off as a crotch rocket um, 
type clothing, but it, I would describe it more as, and I think he's starting to lean more towards it too. Because if you read the description of it, it seems like it, it's more of like action sports. So it's snowboarding, you know, uh, any, any, if you jump off a mountain or go 200 miles an hour on a motorcycle, Octane Avenue is definitely like your clothing company. And he know? started that website, didn't he? Yeah. At, I mean, 19 years old or whatever he was, wow. 20 years old. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing good. I talked to him yesterday. He's selling, he's, he's doing business, man. And, yeah. uh, you got a bright future ahead of you, dude. I like the entrepreneur. I was just, uh, I just was, you know, you're talking to this kid. You think you, you, you feel like he's like twice as successful and he tells you he's a fan of the podcast. It's like, Oh, sweet. Well, hell, you let's know? get him on here. Is he an outdoors guy? Uh, he actually, believe it or not, uh, I don't know. I didn't ask him. I don't know if this podcast was inspiring to him or not, but you know what he wants to get into? What's that? Building recurve bows by hand. Oh yeah. There's a huge thing going on with that right now. I know, but he's got a, he's got a whole wood shop available to him, but he actually wants to start doing recurve bows by hand. I thought that'd be cool. So you know? he's got a steamer. I don't, I, all I know is he wants to get into it. Yeah. You know? Recurves are tough. Stick bows are a little bit easier, but recurves are tough. So thanks, Caleb, for the, all the feedback and Keegan. Yeah, um, thank you. We so, appreciate that. But I want to go back into your Indiana story because I, I want to introduce something that we're going to do over the next couple of weeks. Let's go back into the Indiana story where you said one-third of hunters disagree. Did you have reasons why they disagree with bow hunting? I think – now, this is in a rural area, so I'm sure if you go to Chicago, that number is going to be a little bit bigger. You're spec- you're speculating right now, though, I'm right? speculating okay. completely. But uh, – and I would even go further to speculate that those people disagree because they just simply don't know enough about what hunting is. Everybody sees it as just killing. But you said bow hunting. Yeah, bow hunting. I mean, this survey was particularly on bow hunting, but I'm, I'm pretty sure to the non-hunter, no matter what you use is the same, is what most people would think about it. So what would be an argument somebody would have against bow hunting, do you think? If, if, I, if I went to you, hey, Pat, you hate bow hunting. What, give me a reason. Give me three reasons why 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 bow hunting. Um, I have my one, reasons, but I want to hear what somebody else has to say. Number one, I'm sure they're worried about people just injuring animals, and then, I mean, that, that's always a, like if you're a hunter, you don't want to go out there and injure stuff. You either want to take it or not, you know. And right. it's, what would number two be? Um, simply that they don't know enough about it. Uh, okay, but I mean, would they say, "Oh, I don't like it because I don't know enough about it"? No, I'm uh, like they would think that they know a lot about it, but really they don't. Right. They have a small piece of information. Right. Do you have a third reason? Um, like, th- I guess my third piece would just simply be the killing. Now, why? Now, this I think this is the biggest non-hunter argument. Now, why would you go and kill something when you can go buy it at the store? I was thinking it's, it's like, so kind of, I think what you would, you if, correct me if I'm wrong, but going to your third reason, it's almost like it's a, a barbaric way to kill. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they just think of, you know, people, I don't know, I, maybe they're self-conscious about people like wanting to kill stuff. No, I'm talking about like actually an arrow going through and bleeding an animal out. It's not like a gunshot, instant kill, headshot. Yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. It'd be like going out there and stabbing one. Right, it's kind of like a barbaric move is what I was thinking it'd be the other way. I mean, because let's say you found somebody that said, oh, no, rifle hunting, go ahead. Bow hunting, how dare you? I I would have to think it would be kind of along the barbaric line. Ancient peoples used bow and arrow. You could trace a bow and arrow back by 10,000 years. Weird way, I kind of see it as more elegant. You know, because I see it more as a challenge. Well, I see it as a challenge. No, but I'm talking about you're actually taking you're taking a specialized knife and putting it on the end of the stick and sending it up to 40 yards away to go through this animal so he can bleed out with a big gaping hole. Does that seem barbaric? 40 yards right now is my limit. That might change on the fly, but um, I'm you know people do it way out further than that. But uh, I just using a number. No, I know. But, but uh, I don't know. The the barbaric thing to me doesn't seem. That doesn't seem right because it's actually pretty quick. So, but you don't think that'd be somebody's argument? Like, oh, well, 
like, you know, oh, they're going to suffer. Yeah. Um, I actually, yeah, I think that would be, but for them to have that knowledge, they would have to know a little bit more about bow hunting. So the original thing you said was, uh, wow, what was it? How'd you word your first one? How'd you word your first? Uh, my first reason is I, I thought it was, was that the, Oh, cause the injury. Okay. That, that's what you said. Cause you're more likely to injure an animal. Yeah. Okay. So if that was the case, let's say you're more likely to injure an animal with a bow and arrow. Wouldn't you say that's on you, not the bow? Yeah, absolutely. You think absolutely. about the amount of tuning and practice, and a bow is a hard thing to shoot. I mean, we're, we're what, four weeks into the season? I'm still tweaking my bow. Yeah. Because I'm just not satisfied with it. So but the argument would be, oh, you injured deer. Well, I don't think the bow does. I think it's the guy that has no practice, no care on how this thing's shooting that injures the deer. The bow is just the tool he's using. It'd be like throwing knives at it. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that say, well, you know, I got my bow sighted in in July. Why would I need to go out there and test it some more? It's, it's all about... Um, being ready. You know what I mean? I want to make sure that I'm going to hit within a half dollar size area every single time. Up to 40 yards. Up to 40 yards. So you got to know that just by using a fiber optic sight and a hole in your string to, you know, be that accurate. And I mean, they even say on like the hunter education course or like the hunter safety course, like, you know, make sure you go out there and practice because you don't want to wound anything. Like that's, that, that is an ethical part of hunting. I see where you're going with this. And that is definitely an ethical part of hunting is knowing your equipment. Right. That is more on you than it is about legal. And, and here's, what I'm, here's what I'm leading up to is I want to spend the next two to three episodes uh, talking about various branches of fair chase again. We promised on episode six we'd dive back into this, okay? Yeah, and that one was a hit. I feel like that one was one of our hit episodes. But we kind of went into that unloaded. Yeah, and we did. We just kind of slipped into it. So I recently bought uh, Beyond Fair Chase, that little pocketbook I gave you, and you're going to read it now. Yeah, started. And we're going to compare notes. On, it was a, it, for anybody looking for a quick little read, I, if, actual reading time, it would take you an hour, okay? I'm not some expert reader. I, I read faster than most people probably, but not by a lot. And it, I would say it takes me a whole hour to read that book. So Beyond Fair Chase um, – is a good little book. It's pretty much, if you're an ethical person as it is when it comes to the outdoors, you're not really learning that much more, but it kind of like reinstates what you already already did know. I love that idea. And I kind of on a parallel from that article, uh, the th- I try and grab little information from everywhere I can, but uh, when you eliminate the natural hunters like bears, wolves, elk, you know, even though elk don't kill deer and all that stuff, but you you take away the things that share the landscape you actually make those species more vulnerable vulnerable to disease because Mother Nature will find a way to whittle that herd down. So when I originally brought this idea to you about, what, a week ago, give or take? Um, yeah. About how I want to dive back into actual covering fair chase. And this is all going to be opinion. This is going to be our opinion. And I told you I wanted a couple of categories to go in, and we can still add on this. I'm hoping somebody emails us. Nobody's emailed us yet. Don't be shy. But uh, whistlemissionpodcast at gmail.com. That was uh, whistlemissionpodcast at gmail.com. So we're gonna we're gonna dive back into fair chase. I'm gonna we're gonna throw out some little teasers right now on what you want to talk about. I got some ideas, but I did come up with three uh, three categories that are gonna be brought broken down into hunting and fishing. I don't know if we're gonna do like a category of podcast, which I think we could do. I think we could do that. So with fair chase, here are the three categories I thought of. Now, if you want to, this is nothing in concrete. So if you want to adjust this, I'm totally down. But so when it comes to fair chase, we're gonna do uh, a seg- a section on equipment. Okay, what you're going to use, tactics, how you're going to use that equipment, and then just individual situational things that can happen to you. So hypotheticals we'll come up with and talk about what would you do in that situation. Do we see it? You and me. That, I, who knows what the outside world sees? 
but do we see it as uh, ethical and fair chase and all that? So for equipment, what's something controversial you'd want to talk about? Um, Let me, can I say mine first? Maybe it'll spark you a little bit. Uh, yours might actually be mine, but go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Okay, if you got one, go for it. Mine would be crossbows as a bow. Okay, that was going to be my number two, but that's not my first one, but I'm with you because I am, I am not a crossbow. I think there's a time and a place, but I think you and me in our 30s, fully healthy, I do not think we have any reason to be shooting a crossbow. That's And keep in mind, that's our opinion. You big crossbow people, like, yes, it's more work. And, and even you can argue that it's more ethical because it's, it's uh, you know, a sure shot kind of thing. But our, my argument is to then lump that in with bows is not quite the same because I feel like bows are way more primitive than crossbows. Okay, so crossbow versus bow. Let's not dive into it too far because right. we still need content for next week. Mine, and this is coming from the owner of our bow shop, Steve, okay? And I bought, remember last year, or last year, last week we found my arrows and I had those Rage uh, mechanicals on there. Yep. And those are the tri-pans, okay? So my, my one argument I want to talk about with equipment is Broadheads, fixed versus mechanical, okay? Because he was telling me there's a lot of places out west you are not allowed to use a mechanical to hunt elk. You're not allowed. Doesn't They don't even want to hear it. They don't care what you got. Not allowed. So I want to go into the different kinds of broadheads. And then equipment, I want to talk about when hunt and, and fishing, I want to go back into the electronics, what the electronics, I believe, are doing to our fisheries. Yeah, that one's huge. That one's really huge. And it's not necessarily the speed of the boats and all that, because some of it is safety, you know. Um, and when it comes to equipment, you know, electronics and hunting, which I don't think is as big of a deal as it is in fishing. Um, so then tactics, okay. Do you have any tactics? Uh, any? Uh, deer drives is the one I can think That's of. That's the number one I can think of is deer drives, okay. I Now, there are pros and cons, in my opinion, to deer drives. Now, we're not going to get into that, but. Most of the time I hear about a deer drive, like if you talk to somebody that does them, uh, most of the time it's during fire firearm season. So there's only two weekends a year. They're doing it anyway. Uh, most of the time it's a traditional thing. It's something that the family's been doing for X amount of time. They have yeah. people in from out of town. So I'm not knocking that, but it's just the, uh, the overall concept of deer drives. And we'll talk about what we think. Uh, the tactics, uh, for fishing is the trot lines is yeah. they're getting more and more illegal. I want to go into trot lines cause I don't think trot lines are the greatest way to doing things. You it know? seems more commercial to me than, than you know, your regular run-of-the-mill angler. Can you think of any other tactics right now? We'll, we'll come back. We'll trolling. C- trolling. That, I actually thought about that for fishing, trolling. But I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to also defend trolling. When we go to do this, I have a defense for trolling that I think you'll agree with. I think you'll welcome around to it. Um, but then this, I know the situation you're talking about, and you and me are on the same side with that. Okay, so now that's our second one. Can you think of any other tactics for uh, like hunting? Yeah. Um, I would say dogs, like hound dogs. I was going to say I'm not totally into that, but once again, you're, you're going back like a, a generational type thing. It was a normal thing. I'm not going to burn know. it now, but there is a situation where I totally agree with that, with, with having dogs. Okay. So remember, keep that. You should, be, you should have a pad of paper just like this to keep things written down, just so you know. I should. Then situational. Okay, so you 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 come up on a situation, and what what do you do? And you have to make a quick decision. Okay, so you're walking along, and yeah, we're we're heading out in uh, some wetlands. Okay, and you see Mister Big Ass Buck stuck in the mud. He can't get his paws out of there, or whatever. Hooves, you know, can't get out. Why don't you just put an arrow in him? You know, and 
that's a situational type thing, okay? And so that was another thing too. I was thinking about situational. If you had the opportunity to uh, net a 50-inch muskie, would you do it? Net them. Wow. You you came up with some good stuff here, man. This is good. <laughs> this is really good. I'm, I'm even excited for this. And- so that's a situational. Could you think of another situation like that? Like uh, for instance, I'm, for instance, okay, beaver traps. What if you found a deer in a beaver trap on your walk out to deer hunting? You're going out to kill a deer, and you found somebody trapped a deer in something, whether it was a legal trap or not. Doesn't matter. What do you do if it was legal? Well, okay, but no, I'm not going to get into it. That's not what we're doing right now. I get it. So <laughs> I'm about to jump on all these right now. We I gotta know. wait. We gotta. I wait. know. I could tell you're like, it, it, and you gotta wait too. Pat's so. twitching. So. Can you think of other like situational things? I want you to come up with hypotheticals that really aren't that out of like aren't that crazy to think about. Yeah, I will. I definitely will. I was thinking I was trying to think of more efficient ones because there's uh you know for instance uh, there's p- treaty things, but like spear and walleye and ice fishing. Certain Native American tribes are allowed to do that. Now you're talking about tactics and ethics um, with the actual operation of people that are hunting, right? But w- w- we should also talk about. The, ex- the ethics of hunting as if you were explaining them to a non-hunter, which is kind of what we were doing earlier. I guess, I guess, because not, uh, not everybody that listens to this is a hunter. They're interested in what we're talking about because it all it kind of revolves around conservation. We, we have a conservation approach using hunting. So yeah, we could do that. We can kind of explain where we're coming from. I can, ex- any answer I give you, it's not just, I, I'm not, you're not going to get a just because answer from So we me. could do that on tactics day. I like that. So yeah, tactics, but I was just thinking situational because you do walk up on like random things. It's like, do I take advantage of this? And the answer is no. Are you getting the, are you getting an unfair advantage? Then you're probably doing something wrong. You, you know, you're doing something wrong. You're past the age of reason. You know, you're doing something wrong. Move on, be the bigger man, that, that kind of stuff. But it's so situational because then there's other things. Okay. So let's say you did find that deer in a trap. It's got, it's got two broken legs. Won't live anyway. Won't make it anyway. Won't make it past the next coyote, you know. What do you do? Okay, so that's where, that's the kind of stuff we're going to talk about. We're not going to dive into this now because I, I do want to like, I would, for each discussion topic coming up, I think we can break this down more and more and more. We don't want to get off on too many tangents, but so we got equipment, tactics, and situational. Do you have any other categories you want to add to this? Uh, no, but I probably will. I'm, I'm going to come back because you. this is somewhat sprung on me, so... It's somewhat sprung on you because I told I told you that we were looking for it, but remember originally all I can think of is equipment and tactics. I'm gonna come back, guns loaded and arrows knocked. So yeah, because I just think okay, so you have all the right equipment, everything's ethical, everything's legal, you're going about it the right way with your tactics, but you run into this situation. What do you do? What do you do? What is the right thing to do? And hopefully next week, speaking of fair chase and things like that. Uh, that hearing is coming up on the wolves in Wisconsin, so I'm hoping to have more of an answer of what's going to happen. You know, that made pretty decent national news. I was excited to hear that. I heard it on another podcast. It's way more popular than ours. Nah, they're our next biggest competitor. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> and uh, I was actually delighted to hear that because I'm thinking, Jimmy did it first. I, did, I, I was thinking the same thing when I heard that. <laughs> I think them sons of bitches copied Whistle Mission Outdoors. I doubt that, but that's what I told myself. I'm I'd like, be hey. flattered if they did. I know. Wouldn't uh, that be awesome? Yeah, like, do I it again, podcast. Let's talk about this guy because we got more credit than this guy. Anyway, that's all I really have for this week is to introduce our – so we're, we're going to dive back in, but we're going to do this uh, ready-to-rock kind of thing, okay, on fair chase and ethical and legal. And I have been looking up to what different states – do and things like that. So I'm going to be a little more ready for this, but I wanted to introduce, especially with your Indiana article, because 
sometimes people are not arguing the right point. You say archery is bad. Uh, maybe it's the archer that's bad. Yeah, I, I mean, there's there's many ways we can go on this, and there's many different things that this same topic applies to, like modern politics, stuff like that. And uh, I'm excited, and I'm and you as the listener, I want you to come back with your guns loaded or arrows knocked or whatever you do, get your opinions ready because. And we'll come back to this. So after you hear these episodes, it's not it's not all done. If I say something about equipment that offended you that you totally agree with. Email us, and uh, we'll we'll address it. And I'll either defend myself, or I will. Uh, I'll either just apologize or whatever. And you'll get a neat shout out on the podcast, just cause. Yeah, I like shouting out whoever you know. It's a small podcast. So we can also keep you anonymous if you want to be anonymous too. Yeah, don't do that. Come on, be slightly famous to both our listeners. I mean, but <laughs> you know, if they want to be, then then they will be. Oh yeah, so definitely, don't, don't definitely. And uh, so the other thing, too, is remember about the Muskie Fishing Tournament. If you want to be a part of it, if you want to be put in a drawing, follow me on Instagram. Send me a message. Uh, that's coming. And I did not – I cannot find a sign-up just yet. So but if you want to be a Muskie fly fisherman for a weekend, hit me up on Instagram. And going back to even a couple more episodes, if you sharpen a knife using some of our tactics, let us know about it. We want to hear if it helped you or hurt you. And to, to kind of preface the uh, Fair Chase, episode six that we have, we did this first. It was kind of spur of the moment, and we weren't really ready to go as we kind of threw hypotheticals back and forth, but it kind of shows you our, uh, our thought process going into it. So episode six, we, it is called Fair Chase versus Legal versus Ethical or something like it. It was, it was those three words. I don't know if I got the order right. But our episode six, listen to that before next week too if you want. Um, yeah, get prepped. Get prepped because next week we're going to talk equipment and Fair Chase. Oh, and I'd like to give a quick shout out to the person who gave me that topic. Uh, his name's Mike. Um, Mikey B. Good buddy of ours. Uh, he gave us a pretty good talking point. Now, I kind of, he wasn't telling me this, but I just kind of overheard and I had to inject my opinion into it. Yeah, and, Pat's uh, opinion about how he's anti 2A. We'll get into that, though. Pat's completely against. Uh, I am definitely not against <laughs> 2A, like at all. So don't. Don't think that, but uh, thank you, Mike, because this, that kind of is what sparked this whole fair chase thing. And we, we have a lot, I mean, it would have come around eventually, but you made it happen early, Mike. Thank you. And read that book, Pat, so we can talk about it. Uh, Beyond fair chase, anybody that's looking. Oh, the other thing I'm curious to get your opinion on, I thought about doing it. So I was thinking about making a whistle mission outdoors, uh, Amazon list it a public list. So let's say you and me are talking about something we, we bought that we liked. They can log on to our Amazon page, and they can see all the gear we bought off Amazon that we use. That's pretty awesome, I think, actually. So the other uh, the other thing is I read a lot of books. I read – I bet you I've read 30 books this year, and I, I'm not even close to being done. Okay? I listen to a lot of books. They're good enough. And so I was also going to make a public book list. I'm not sure if we're going to do it or not yet, but I was actually – I was mulling over the idea – but I was actually going to make a Whistle Mission Outdoors book list out of all the books that I've bought and read. And uh, some of them – so I have a book list now and because when I hear about a book, I save it. And then that way I can go back to it later on. I'm like, what about – maybe I should turn this public. You Did know? you do any uh, list there reading in the uh, tree stand earlier? No, I haven't done that since the first weekend. You know. Yeah, I tried doing it in the saddle and I was just – I was too new to the saddle thing to concentrate on the book. So I kind of just slipped it back into uh, – You know, I probably would do it on an afternoon hunt. Um, but going out first thing in the morning, you're kind of tired, you're kind of cold, you're kind of getting set up, it's dark, you know. 
But uh, so yeah, I was thinking about making two public lists on Amazon, so uh, listeners can go and be like, oh, you know what? I wonder, I wonder what jacket you wear, or, or what, I don't even. And know And then if we I should a do jacket. a separate list for just the products that we like that can't be bought on Amazon, because I'm not totally pro Amazon. Well, so when uh, this winter, when the website comes up, we're gonna we're gonna be a lot more into it. That's another thing that um, Caleb was telling me about, with uh, kind of mentoring me about how to pretty much sell and ship products and things like that. So this is actually going to be a little more easier than we thought to come up with our own line of clothes, okay? So, for instance, the should I say the ideas of T-shirts we got so far? Yeah, go for it. So on the front, it says Deer Meat, and on the back is Whistle Mission logo. And then the other one is I wanted to have We Love Fatties, like We Heart Fatties with a little silhouette of a muskie underneath with the Whistle Mission logo. So we're talking about making those into shirts and hoodies and putting those online. Haven't done it yet, you know, not too worried about money to be in making – to be making money right now. We should do another one that says, I like smallies. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, we could because, do that. like the normal person would see that and be like, small what? Just kind of, you know, novelty shirts, you know. But yeah. also on that is we can go into chest rigs like I like to wear, you know. You like to wear those goofy saddles, things like that. But we can actually uh, put products on there that I, people like. I got a backpack. It's actually, we can do it on the Amazon thing. You can buy it anywhere, really. But got a backpack that I love. And a tent. And a tent. So yeah, I was thinking about doing it. So if anybody's interested and wants to hear that, make sure you email us at, oh, what was that email again, Pat? Ooh, I think that was uh, whistlemissionpodcast at gmail.com. You're right. It was whistlemissionpodcast at gmail.com. See, that's why I didn't say outdoors because the Whistle Mission Podcast. So yeah, but I no, got you. But we I do want to hear from you. We want you to be part of the conversation, um, especially with this fair chase thing coming up. And so if, if that, you want to be on the show, let us know. So the next, say, three weeks, we're going to say is going to be about fair chase. And next week, we're going to lead off with equipment, fair chase on equipment. So that's all I have this week. How about you? Yeah, that's all we got. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you.